Ahoy, Noiros! Welcome to another colorful week out of the podcast. Welcome to the show. Being blinded by the colorful smile of my friend, co-host, and... Uh, Cohort. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fancy Dan. That's me. Welcome to the show. Gentleman Joey here to say, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm all right. It's been a long weekend. It was a long weekend. I feel a little sun roasted. Uh, It's been quite humid. We love weather talk here, so we're inviting it. (laughs) Yes, I feel the same. We were just talking about it. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel like I've just been back and forth all weekend, but living the life as Mm -hmm. I do. How about you? About the same. Yeah, I... I, uh... Last night I had to go pick up a gift for someone and uh, I was Is this the story? This is the story. This is the story I'm getting to. I'm going to go, I'm going to jump right in. This man was hyping a story. So I'm so psyched to hear it. Yeah. So it actually kind of ties in a little bit with uh, a a past episode, but um, so I I went to Barnes and Noble to pick up a gift and I was like, you know what? It was Saturday night. I didn't have a whole lot going on. So I was like, you know what? Let me just peruse the the Blu-ray section just to see if there are any like good deals. Like sometimes they'll have stuff that's like, cheap that like that there you're like how is this here like it's so bizarre barnes and noble is either like oh my god i can't believe they're charging this much for it or right. like wow do they even know they have this and it's like for ten dollars exactly. yeah no it's it's definitely worth looking yeah through. nosing around so yeah i was like i was like i'm, I'm here i'm already you know going to be in the store anyway so let me just look around for a bit and i stumbled across something that i've actually been meaning on rewatching, and we talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago but uh, they had Forbidden Planet on Blu-ray. Oh, excellent! Um, which I have—I have an old DVD somewhere that I've had for forever. But I, but it was it was on sale for nine ninety nine, oh, which is like price. cheaper than Amazon, like four to five dollars cheaper than. And Amazon. you said blue, right? Blu-ray, 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 yeah, yeah, and tons of extras. Like it has, um, so it has like the sort of like sort of pseudo sequel, which I didn't even know existed, called The Invisible Boy, mm-hmm. which has Robbie the robot in it, but it has like <laughs> nothing really to do as much with forbidden planet which is bizarre and I, i'm gonna i'm totally gonna watch it i just haven't gotten around to it but there's like a whole like a tcm doc about 50 sci-fi there's like trailers there's like a, a bunch of other stuff like it, it, it was like way more loaded than i would even have i don't guessed. know it was very groundbreaking you you should right. hope for something like that but right but I'm saying sometimes you're just like yeah you're just like you don't you go in with expectation like oh like what what, what, what are they gonna offer you um not for ten dollars at barnes and noble that's for damn sure right so i was like you know what i was like i was like this is this is kismet because like i knew this was something i had been thinking about even getting anyway because you're we talking about Anne francis bad day um, at blackrock uh two episodes ago check it out folks tech noir color may we're in it well i'll tell you what man it looked great on blu-ray and i hadn't watched it in years but man what a what a what a great movie I'll check it out. Such such fun. Have you ever, have you watched it before? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll check. I'll, I mean, that particular edition. I'll look okay. for it because you got me hyped. Uh, I got some similar news, Dan. Cool. I, I want to do one one quick more shout. Out. Mine hasn't come in the mail yet, so we'll we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> I, I, I just I just wanted to close it out with I forgot how awesome and groundbreaking the sound the track is. Like the yeah yeah. Track. It's so cool. It's no, so that, cool. That fucker is firing on all cylinders. Yes. It, it is a perfect movie. Yes. I recommend, hey, man, maybe we go to Barnes & Noble, get it for $9.99. Yeah, I mean, I just, I held up Honey West. We were just yes. alluding to it. Dan's we'll copy to is yes. still on the way. Uh, you know, maybe we'll figure out some Anne Francis bonus episode. Maybe we'll make you guys pay for that one or something. But uh, yeah, we're I think in, we we're in the talk zone. about it. Yeah, maybe when we're both done, maybe maybe we'll like, we'll keep keep our, ourselves together and posted. 
Wow, look at that. I was just really impressed by the spread of the these. Uh, I like it, yeah. Yeah. They call those the they call them snowman trays. There you go. That's what those are called. It's where they Excellent. kind of overlap like one over the other like that. It almost looks like a snowman. Like those can be dangerous layers. though. Yes, they can. But these this seems okay. Uh yeah, we'll see. 30 episodes, four DVDs just came yesterday. Excellent. Mine should be coming anytime now. So I'm I glad I'm glad you got it too. Yeah. Beautiful brand new copy on eBay for uh the cheapness of dirt, Dan. How much did you get? I'm curious now. I got it for a fantastic planet amount of money. Ten bucks? Ten dollars, sir. Wow, you beat me by a lot. I mean, like four dollars shipping, so we'll say fourteen. But okay, that's so great. That's so great price. Not too shabby. Four dollars worth of gas to Barnes and Noble, right? So it all equals out. Exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, like like I said before, like I just I caught a couple clips of it on YouTube. Just check it out. It looked great. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to watching it. We'll get back into it soon enough, folks. Yeah. I don't know if I got anything else, Dan. I, I don't know what kind of life I lived this past week. It was such a blur. Yeah. Reading comics. That's good. A lot, a lot of good. comics. Making my way through Gotham Central again, which has been nice, which is the police of Gotham. And Astro City just came out. Finally was re-released. Always wanted to read it since the 90s. Mm-hmm. No easy way to do it for many a, a year. And they just put out these like big kind of like phone book size. They call Metro Ooh. Books. Oh, wow. And it's really cool. Like each comic is like, at least so far, has been like a different superhero entirely. And it's just like neat little stories. So Very cool. I could recommend that. I don't know. That kind of had me feeling good about comics for the first time in a while, even though it's like old stuff. But usually is old stuff is really the only stuff getting me excited anymore. Yeah. For the most part, there's some good stuff out there. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But I feel like a lot of th- a lot of art for me goes that way as well. Certainly, as far as like a Marvel DC goes, there's plenty of amazing independent artists out there, just like Mm -hmm. anything, doing it, getting it done right. But yeah, I don't know. My wallet is glad, though, that I don't have to like go buy new Marvel or DC stuff. So yeah, let's go journey to the past. Neil Young was right, right, Dan? (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up before (laughs) I could say it. So good. Too slow. Oh, oh, speaking of Neil Young, that's a good thing. I did pick up one of the the uh the new bootleg cds that he released the archives mm-hmm. one it's fantastic i love the artwork for it um if you want i can i can go get it and show it to you yeah i mean right it's no longer on spotify so I, this is the only way i get to experience i'm probably gonna have to start buying these cds again right exactly you got me or so, get uh my pano ponyo what was that player called oh Pono? yeah ponyo yeah i don't know if i ever had to say it out loud until now well uh real quick about that so Pat, nice. and by surprise, uh, just gifted me um, uh, Neil Young uh, waging heavy piece, which I think he talks about that in the book. I haven't gotten to it yet, but um, this one I picked out because I love the album cover artwork, and I, I I did some research, and actually, so the the bootlegs that, that he just released were all actual bootlegs released in the seventies by like bootleggers, mm-hmm. and then he kind of just like said like, all right, I'm just going to officially release them now, and like remaster and stuff like that, but. It looks like an actual. This is like the actual old cover, but it looks like a like a like a seventies oh, wow. bootleg, and it, and it has actual like kind of like the the marks that looks like a record. And they did release a vinyl of it too, but it it's so cool. The audio quality is fantastic. So this is Neil Young live at Los Angeles Music Center. It's called Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, February first, nineteen seventy one. It's awesome. I love it. It's just him by himself, but it's so good. I highly I, recommend. I like that. It looks great. Of course, I'm going to check it out because I'm a mega fan. My one issue is, man, it's just like this feels like the same set keeps being released over and over yes. of that same era. You know, he's going to be opening with On the Way Home on like every single one, which, hey, you know, do 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 do. It's a great song. I love it. But the last couple of years brought some kind of fresh, different bootlegs. 
Yes. Uh, so I'm okay with going back a little bit to this era. It just felt like when he first was coming out, it was like nonstop this one set over and over again. Right. Um, and that and that was kind of the case with even the ones in this series in, in the three that came out. Like two of them were like this one and another one were like almost identical. Yeah. But this one has um, the audio quality. This one's way better, and the artwork is way better. So that's why I was like, "This is the one I'm going with." I, I tested all of them, and I was like, "This is this is the one." So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll take every single one. I'm that yeah. much of a fanatic. You know, I guess yeah. that would be my like my fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big lie. If if it's an artist or a band I, I love, like if, if any like new live stuff, I, I'm I'm such a I'm such a, a live. Like I feel like he's guy. one of the best to do it. Him, oh, like yeah. a, a Sonic Youth is really, I mean, Sonic Youth is really incredible. I, mean, I was just going to say, all the stuff they're putting out is fantastic. It's I, so I am, good. Sonic Youth is top of the list for me of like, anytime a new live thing's coming out, I'm I'm on it like in a second. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is, because there's always something cool about it, unique sounding, everything's kind of a different, it's very performative. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely. You know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. But yeah, I, I, I agree. But yeah, that, that's all I had to share. That's plenty. I, I yeah. feel like we're going to be, even though this is a double episode and, and stick around till the end of the episode, we got a little surprise for you if you're down, yes. but I feel like this is still going to be a quick one, even despite yes. all of that. So yes, I was very happy to hear that you had this to say. Cool. <laughs> oh, Kids in the Hall is back. Uh, oh, yes. And I, I'm halfway through it. It's surprisingly great. Uh, awesome. I've, not surprisingly, I've been because they're awesome, but I watched, I remember when the trailer came out and it was just not, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. And I got a little worried, but I'm an idiot. Uh, watch it. It's fantastic. There's so many just quality laughs. Amazon Prime. Dan selling a Pepsi can right now that just, oh, I would kill for. <laughs> well, I said that I have water over here. It's not that I have a rule, but I, I typically don't drink, but I'm, I'm, I was on like the last sip of it. So I, I figured I'd try to get a last guzzle. I need, I need the rule that I have something to drink. Otherwise, I'll be going real bad. Can't hear me. Parched. Parched. Yeah. Speaking of parched, Dan, we're out of the desert, finally. Finally. And we are... Into the tropics. Yeah, get, going overseas. <laughs> Episode 72. Here's a tagline, Dan. Lover or love mad? Ooh. A woman's devotion. Here we go. Uh, plenty to say on this one. <laughs> uh, release November 16th, 1956 from Republic Pictures. We've done a Republic before, haven't we? We have. I don't remember um, what it was, but we did yeah. it. Someday we'll have some sort of database that makes this a yes. lot easier. We should, uh, do, we should do that, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, couldn't hurt if we, we add to the docs, the studio, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we're down for that kind of undertaking. Maybe that's a job for me. Who directed this one, Dan? That was a guy that also acted in it, Paul Henry. Henry! Who wrote this one, Dan? This was written by and screenplay by Robert Hill. Yeah, Bobby Hill, huh? Uh, uh, Bobby, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Good old Bobby Hill. We got a Bobby uh, and, Hill and here. I want to. I want to first off mention as well. Uh, it's it's not Technicolor. It's True Color. Yes. Yeah, so we've lied to you on this month. Our Tech Noir color. Got At least little, for this one. Yes, only this one. Otherwise, we're fine. But yeah, this is True Color. Do you know anything about True Color, Dan? I got I, I got a little info if we need it, but I'd like to see what you got. Yeah, I mean, it's more like technical than anything. But yeah, I mean, it, it was like basically like Republic's version of like Very Eastman Eastman Kodak, like color process. And it started the same way that, you know, Technicolor did where it started with a two strip process. I think theirs was red and blue. And I think Technicolor was blue and I'm sorry, green and, and red. 
Was Technicolor um, an in-house studio as well, or was that multiple studios, like its own thing? I think, I think it was, was right? multiple. Yeah, yeah, I think it was multiple. But, but it's Republic... interesting that Republic had, was like, you know what? We do things cheaply here. Here's yeah. our system, you know? And so they had True Color, which didn't seem to last too long. Well, ironically, it actually ended up being more expensive. So, so that, that was part of the downfall of it, which is which is interesting. Yes. And actually, also, when it was abandoned was the same time that Republic had fallen apart anyway. So. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, okay. I love the way it, I love the way it looks because it's so different. And, and one of the com- big complaints that people had about it was it, even though it says true color, people didn't like that. It wasn't really true to color of like what, what you know color looks like. So um, I, I thought that, they didn't like the that. Time. It didn't use the E in true color, but that's okay. Maybe that, maybe it's, that's it too. Maybe they. It all like stemmed it. from that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's a, it's, it's a good looking movie. Um, this is a Kino release that we're talking about. No longer exists. Just struck in from the market. Mm-hmm. Um, Sadly. I got it right in the nick of time. So. Thankfully. But uh-huh. it, it was a cheap one too. Towards the end, it was like only like six bucks. Yeah. I think when I got it, it was like, yeah, five something. So that was good. Yeah. It was like five ninety nine. Yeah. That might be one of the in the compliment files of this movie that we're going to struggle to find here. Well, it also has a theme song. We can talk about that. We can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that right out of the gate. I mean, that's yeah, you got you got a song about a woman's devotion. Both hitting play on the movie and also the menu screen was also hitting you strong with her. her, her you know, yes. <laughs> no, they're making full, full good use of it. Yes, they they did. Um Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> uh oh, it's going to be an interesting one to talk about. I think we all it's knew weird. this going in. Yes. Yeah. We got Ralph Meeker mm-hmm. covered in striped shirts throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it's some cool shirts though. I like the navy blue and white striped yeah. shirts. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. He had a short sleeve and a long sleeve one, which is interesting. He was he was way into them. I'll give the fashion. Put that on the compliment list as well. Well, well fashioned in the movie. Uh, oh yeah, and Jan- Janice Rule, her her stuff is is great too. Yeah, Janice Rule. She, uh, she she had those great green shorts. Yes, that she puts like a, a dress over. It's a yellow like skirt over yeah. it yeah, when she goes out. Yeah, very very cool. So yeah, they it's Trevor is Ralph Meeker and Stella mm-hmm. the Stevensons. That's Janice Rule. They're newly married. They've been you know about six months into their marriage, just living a long honeymoon we find out that eventually that ralph meeker made some money from like an uncle or something like that and uh he's just been kind of living off that in the meantime and he's also post-war this is a a veteran we're seeing here Mm -hmm. and so yeah he's just off to to live the life he's become an artist Mm -hmm. he's he loves to paint and he tries to sell these paintings all throughout and just kind of boat hop with his wife and he's looking for subjects to paint so they they are coming back in from an outing together, having a great time, and they're ready to go back to the hotel. But Trevor's like, you know, I'm going to walk around for a little bit. Um, he's looking for someone to draw and paint. So they split up. She heads back to the hotel, and he goes off on a walk. Well, they had just gotten off the boat, so they so this is this technically their honeymoon. They had just gotten off the boat, and she was just like, I'm tired. I want to go back. He's like, No, I want to walk around some more. Yeah. So this is their their newest locale. We're in Acapulco. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if we're there officially, but we're certainly there. We must be because it they was are. A, they are. Yeah. It was a working title at one point. So yeah, she is very into this guy. She's she's all in a, a woman's devotion. Dan. She's devoted. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so life is good. All is well. They split up. 
she goes back to this uh, hotel, kind of a cottage or whatever. Bed and breakfast-ish. Yeah, there's a lot of, of there's yeah. some other people there. It's real interesting characters. From uh, Iowa. Yeah. One of the ladies just starts talking about how she's like, yeah, I almost got murdered once. Like, people are very sexually yeah. thrilled by the prospect of murder in this movie. It's yes. definitely a thing. But yes, that was very striking when Stella's like walking in and she's just like, yeah, you know, you got to let them murder you once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> It was Lulu, right? It was her name. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the the like the in charge of the of the bed breakfast, basically. I adore crimes of passion. When I was young, a man tried to kill me. Not really. It is the truth. How did you escape? Judo? Well, I'm not sure what that judo means. Not judo, Gertrude. Did you talk him out of it? Well, you may call it that. So yeah, uh, Stella's going to to go pass out. Trevor's still feeling amped up. He's going for a walk, goes in for another little swim. There's also like an intro with that dude who does that dive at the beginning, going up the steps that was very like, just looked like he was walking up a mountain. It was very death-defying and then has nothing to do with anything at all. Yeah, it's just like an interesting shot. Yeah, it was very, because it was like the, the first like montage in the beginning with the credits is very just like, it's like a montage of just like, we're showing you the locale. And, and that was, right. I guess like, I don't know, Paul just decided like, that's what I, I think this is cool, you know, for the arts art sake, I guess. Look, you've got that, that on film. Cool. You're going to want to, you need to use it, but yeah, right. it really was like, okay, what's, sure. what, is this, is like Ralph Meeker going to walk by or something at least yeah. like a nice segue, but not so much, but yeah, he's enjoying it himself. And then he, he sees himself a nice little lady at the cantina and he says, Ooh, la la like this. I'm using my artistic eye, you know, right. because when you're an artist, you could just go up to babes and be like, Hey, you know, I'll draw you wink, wink. Also weird that it's his honeymoon and he's doing this by the way. <laughs> yes. And he's like, I want to draw you. They get a drink. She keeps letting her sleeve down very provocatively. Mm-hmm. What was her name again, Dan? Her name was a uh, good question. What was her name? Does it say her name in the movie? I could have swore it did. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, she didn't really get. Yeah, the the one on Wikipedia matches the one on IMDb. All right, well, fair enough. Slim Pickens. <laughs> I mean, she she was a waitress there basically. Yeah. Um, she brought him a beer, and then she she asked him if you want to dance. So he's like, "Yeah, I got I gotta draw you. Look at you. I gotta draw this." And she's like, "Oh, well, uh, you must think I'm a prostitute." So. Why don't we go back to my place, go for a nice long walk and take it from there. So they're doing that. All seems to be going well. And then something falls. What was it that fell? Something from the sky, you know, on a boat, like. Yeah, they were in port. Pallets port or something yeah, like that. Like, was, was, was being was being lowered down and it dropped and yeah. crashed. You know, boat stuff. So that crashes and it really seems to affect them in, in such a way. Mm-hmm. And then that's. That's all we get from that scene because now we're in the next day. He's coming in early, <laughs> early, you know, the next day, a little drunk, the same clothes, disheveled, like, you know, you're newlywed. That's not, that's not a good start. And also, um, can we talk real quick about how the, the lighting it's, st- it said, Oh, it, it, the bar's closing and it was still like sunny out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like my, my whole perception of time in this movie. Was oh, like and then it comes to the next scene and then it's just like yeah. dark out. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really weird. Yeah, that's going to be a theme throughout, Dan. Of the, yes. is, is that, oh, this is really weird. That's a choice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, anyways, I'm going to sleep. He has migraines and, you know, has trouble sleeping. You know, he was a soldier from the war, so that might have something to do with it. So he's taking these really strong sleeping pills to knock him out. 
then all of a sudden, who should come in but our Captain Henrique, <laughs> our director, Dan. Yes. Paul Henry doing double duty. Uh, he comes in. He's like, hey, I need to talk to this guy. I need to talk to Meeker. And uh, he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but he just took this pill. He's going to be passed out for at least another hour. What's up? And he's like, oh, a woman turned up dead. He was last seen with her. You know, no biggie. Just have him stop by at around like noon if he's up. Yeah, this happens. I think yeah. it says at one point, like, this happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> There's a weird, definite, like, relationship with death in Acapulco. Yes. At least in a woman's devotions world mm-hmm. universe. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, he was, Trevor was the last person seen with her. So they're asking him questions. And he's like, yo, I'm just an artist. Look here. I got pictures of her. I, we didn't sleep together. You don't have to worry about it. All is well. And he even is like, hey. I think your wife might want to step outside. I got a couple questions. Like, whatever you need to know, I got no secrets for my wife. Like, he mm-hmm. says all the right things. It's, it's fine. You know, and I would say his intentions definitely were to draw her. Yeah. We, I would say what we learn throughout this movie, you know, he, you know, he's not intending to be a bad guy, you know. He, I think uh, it could be a, a man's devotion too. I mean, truly, he's, yeah. He's, he's devoted to his wife. I he mean, really he, did want see, to do the art. The love. We see yeah. the love even in the, the stroke of the, the pencil and such. Like, you know, he does good work. I will give a shout out to Mika because this is a pet peeve of mine as an as artist. He knows how to hold a pencil and pretend to doodle. Usually, like, you'll see people like, oh, okay, like drawing with their pinky or something. Yeah, like, they it truly looks really awkward. Yeah. But he did a great job. So that was good. And I really like the art. I didn't find, unfortunately, this movie does not have a lot of fun facts. I don't know who did the artwork for the movie, but it was really Maybe cool. it was Meeker. I, yeah, I like to think so. But yeah, he had a good eye. It definitely yeah. looked like the person he was drawing. So yeah, she's dead. But they're like, stick around. Just let us figure this out. Don't go anywhere. And there's like another guy. Is that the Sergeant Dan, I think? That con- that's the, in, the, in the place. Yeah, the guy with the yeah. Cuban yeah, cigars. Yeah. yeah. He's got well, a good rapport with him. And he's like, yeah, my wife just gave me these for my birthday. Have all these Cubans. And he's like, you should let them go. And Paul Henry's like, I, I, I got a vibe with these guys. Let me just figure this out. That's the chief, actually. That's ahead of that's because he's the captain. So he's the, gotcha. so, so Paul's the captain. This is his chief. Yeah, their relationship was very like, you know, like it seemed like the captain almost felt like he was more in charge than the, the chief was. Very much so. Which is an interesting uh, power dynamic. Yes. So they uh, they're like, we're going to see what they end up doing. Call, he's like, oh, uh, call into Vermont because we find out he's from Vermont. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we find out that he was in World War Two. He got the Purple Heart and he had to go to a mental hospital to deal with some PTSD. They call it they call it battle shock. Battle shock. Yeah, that ha- this all happened before he got married, too. So. Right. And amnesia. Dan. Yes. He's- he has trouble remembering things. I'm sure none of that's going to come into play. Mm, I wonder. <laughs> and uh, eventually, too, Henry goes up to Stella and he's like, you knew about this, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, of course. We're married. Why, why yeah. wouldn't I know any of this? A woman's devotion. But this never came up. This was a dark secret. And she goes to talk to him about it. He's like, no, no, no. It's all fine. I don't want to lose you. Like, you can trust me. So let's just get through this. I clearly didn't kill her. Let's enjoy our Acapulco vacation. Yeah, don't let don't let that spoil it. Also, there has been another character who like works at this place. Uh, her name is Maria. She's been mm-hmm. popping up throughout, and now she's starting to come into play. And she says, "Hey, by the way, the uh, husband of the dead waitress uh, he found more sketches." 
and he's going to go ahead and take him to the police and, and unless you can pay up a little bit of money. What do they call it? What? the? I guess business. Uh, I don't know. They just wouldn't call it blackmail, really. They're just like, oh, yeah. They did eventually call it yeah, blackmail. But, but they're just like, oh, we got a little bit of business or something. Yeah, like they kind of yeah. they kind of play it down amongst them. They kind of play it down. They don't actually outright call it blackmail in that process. Rosenda Montero says, Maria, fucking babe, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's the maid there. And it turns out that she actually is like has a thing with uh, the dead waitress's husband. Herrera. Amigo Herrera. He used to be a prize fighter, but now he's just a, a lazy drunk, just chills in bed all day. And now his wife is dead, who was bringing in money. So they're completely broke there. Although, you know, you're going through their village and you're like, all right, yeah, this looks like a bummer. And then they go into his place. It's pretty nice. He's chilling in a hammock. Like, I don't know. It wasn't too bad. Well, actually, no, he actually because he said he just he just gotten back from a fight. So he was still active, but he used it as an excuse of it. He wasn't it didn't necessarily seem like he was broken up about his wife. It was more so like. How could he benefit from? It? He's like, look, oh man, look at me. I'm mourning. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I need money now. Like he kind of played it off like, oh, I can't work now because of this. So I need this money from you, this is 6,000 pesos. Yeah. But really, he's has he's like having an affair with Maria. With Maria, yeah. And so she gets Stella to come down there and she's like, oh, we need 6,000 pesos, make it happen. And so Stella goes back to Ralph Meeker and is like, yo, there's art. I see physical art. It's as good as pictures. Like, what the hell? What yeah. do you get? You know, we got to figure this thing out. And they talk about it. And he's like, no, no, no. And then cheat on you. Like, all I did was draw her. So she's like, okay, woman's devotion. I believe you. So <laughs> let's just pay it up and just try to get the hell out of town. Uh, so she, even before trying to pay it off, like they try to get out of town and she goes to a fishing boat. And they try to figure out how far they can go. The guy who is you know, going to man the boat is like, I can't be gone for my wife that long. So we got to keep it quick. Ixtepec, they end up yeah. deciding upon. So she, she has to make a down payment and they'll figure it out. They're like, oh, do you want to leave at six or seven? She says seven. I'm going to say the lesson is always go for the earlier time. You, yeah. can't, you can't risk anything happening in that one hour because... Yeah. Lo and behold, we find out when they're getting ready to leave, uh, Henry comes up and it's just like, Buenos dias, senora. I see you love the early mornings too. How is Senor Stevenson today? Not very well. The migraine still? Yes. He's in bed? Yes. Oh, that's too bad. You have the morning to yourself? My car is here. We could take a drive to Morning Beach. There is a magnificent view from there. Some other time, perhaps. Thank you. It's such a lovely day, no? No. C'est la vie. Buenos dias, senora. Oh, I almost forgot. As long as Senor Stevenson is ill, I dare say you won't be up to traveling to Ixtepec today. I took the liberty of picking up your passage money. I thought you were going to tell me when you planned to leave town. We wanted to go fishing. It was a sudden decision. The police asked you to stay. We do not like to be told what we can do and what we cannot do. This is like living in a prison. Oh, I know. And yet, isn't all life a prison in some way? And there is no escape from it. Not even the fisherman's boat to Ixtepec. Please, don't forget to tear up the receipt. Buenos dias, senora. It turns out they're not going anywhere, so they better go and pay the ransom. So Maria gets Trevor to come 
handle this and she allures him into it. Very uh, seductive Maria here. Mm-hmm. This might be worth the price of admission of this movie right here. <laughs> they go. Amigo's not. Uh, yeah, he's not there yet. Because uh, I was thinking of what happens afterwards. And Ralph Meeker gives her the money, gets the drawings, all is well. But unfortunately, there's still sound. <laughs> yeah. And sound is his biggest enemy. And there's a car screech that just sets him off in an instant. Yeah. You know, it's like a... Jekyll and Hyde thing. It's just very bizarre. All of a sudden, yeah. he's just a different hypnotized person, you know, like PTSD does to a person. Yeah. Uh, and he fucking kills her. So she's dead. <laughs> Trevor takes off. Then the prize fighter comes back. Uh, I guess, yeah, he was actually at a boxing match. So he is quite active. But he then is like just passed out, drunk. And he has these like two friends stop by who are like, banging on the door for him to come. They really want to hang out with this guy. I would have just yeah. given up. But as they're banging, he gets up. He sees Maria and is like, oh, my God, she's dead. That's not good. Yeah, definitely not good. Now he's got a body on him. What are we going to do? Two women surrounding him, you know, his <laughs> wife and his, and his, you know, his mistress, you know, <laughs> it's all in the span of like a day. <laughs> you know, like think about the repercussions of that in general. Yeah, and Henry is like, all right, so this is enough to go get these guys, right? And the chief of police is still just like, no, 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 I have a couple more Cubans. Like, I'm not too worried about these guys. Like, these Americans, they're good for business. But they're not feeling uh, so hot about it. Now the news has come in that Maria is dead from Amigo. And by this time, had they shown Meeker when he kind of comes to, he's just kind of sitting like on a flower bed and he's got the blood on his hands as that shot. And he's just like, has no idea, like, where he is and how he got there. Yeah, because uh, he he crushed a, a glass, like a shot glass, because they were celebrating blackmail or whatever with the shot. And then when he heard that sound, like that's when he like crushed it and his hand yeah. was all bloody. Yeah, so probably believe- a little bit bloody from maybe killing her too. I thought could be part of it. It's possible, but I think like he just strangled her, right? Like I don't think she yeah. ended up bleeding. I mean, it's up to the imagination. That's, that's- what this, this movie is a lot of its imagination. Oh boy, is it ever! So yeah. We got to we got to close this case. Everybody is also like realizing, you know, like this guy was in the war, like be nice to him. It's not his fault that he's killing people in a state of. (laughs) And uh, uh, Henrik even mentions that, say, hey, like I was in the war, too. Like there's no one that has more sympathy than I do for for someone like that. But Stella is like, cool. The heat is on. We got to get the hell out of here. So they Mm. pack up. Trevor's like freaking out. He's having bad dreams, but we'll deal with it. We'll get your hand fixed up. Let's just go back to America. That's that's what we know. And so the cops are interrogating Amigo and they're realizing like there clearly was something going on with Maria because he's only sad about her. He doesn't care that his wife is dead. And this all happened in the span of like a day or two. So if anything, you should be extra bummed out yeah and they found the six thousand pesos on maria then amigo's like oh what about those sketches did you end up finding any of those because he now realizes like oh she got the money like it happened now the sketches never turned up he's like oh yeah by the way like i i was blackmailing this guy which you know yeah tough to give up but you're also wanted for murder you might need to let this information out there and uh so now they're like oh god like this guy who's been on a murderous streak this entire time he's with Stella, his wife. Like we should probably try to save her. You know, she's not going to be in too much denial about the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, so now we're like at the airport, I guess. Right. Isn't that? Yeah. 
we're, yeah. I think we're, we're pretty much at this point because they're they're trying to escape and and they finally make their way into a taxi and, and get get over to them. But also, real quick, I want to mention he was really weird to see that his police car was red. Did yeah, you notice that? Yeah, I, I've never seen that before. That was very very odd. That's how they do it in Acapulco. Apparently, think <laughs> of the fire department. So they go to the airport to try to stop Trevor from leaving and murdering some more, but airport's going to be pretty noisy. So of course something's going to set off Trevor again. So he kind of wanders off. He kind of wanders off into into a hangar. (laughs) And then just like, sees a policeman, knocks him out, gets his gun and just starts shooting in the air. (laughs) And he starts having those, like he has like vocalizing, like his flashbacks of like being in the war. And and he kind of mentions it a little bit earlier about, you know, just bombarding, you know, and there was like a hospital that was bombarded near him. And he just has these kind of like, you know, the, the, these traumatic things that he witnessed and he's kind of, you know, reenacting them at, at this point and it, that you actually get to see it. You actually I see mean, this, this kind of, you know, you a purple heart, you know, it's going to be for a reason. So yeah, that, that definitely is a lot. He um, tackles his wife because he's <laughs> worried about, you know, the, the, the bombs. I mean, he's like, it's, it's a full, you know, he's not seeing people. Yet. He's in a full psychotic episode. Yeah. So he's shooting into the air at planes or whatever. And then, Another cop comes in is like, oh, he doesn't realize what's going on, thinks everyone is in trouble. So he he shoots Trevor, even though nobody's pointing a gun at anybody. And right. so, like, oh, he's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't uh, do it. But yeah. also, you know, do it. This guy killed two people. He's got to go. Yeah. So he dies. and That's it. Oh, it just that just made me think of something. Can we talk briefly about the one of the weirdest fight scenes ever in a movie? When they they when Meeker and Henry they have that little fight uh, up on the terrace and they uh, go down the stairs or, earlier and they're kind of like falling down the stairs and then like Stella's like at the top like following them slowly behind them it just it, I don't know just something really really weird about that that fight it was just very slow motion going they did down, some good like rolls down the, down the stairs though yes. like it was actually them so you had to give them some credit for that yeah it was interesting uh and give it credit hey. The runtime on this movie is pretty good, though. 88, 88 minutes. You feel every single of those 88 minutes. This it one does. It does feel a little bit long. Yes. Is is a little long. I a wanted long, to know. Long 88. I, I wanted to know what happened, you know, like so yeah. I was definitely interested in the movie. But otherwise, this one was not not my cup of tea. I had a feeling I was particularly bummed because I love Ralph Meeker and I really thought he was going to bring it. And he did an interesting character at first, but it just, it didn't really come together like I was hoping it would. I mean, he quotes poetry in it, so. I mean, that's all fine and good. Was it Shelley, I think? Sure. Uh, it's always Shelley, isn't it, Dave? Yeah. I, I think I- Look upon I like, these works. Um, I, I like it just because it's so bizarre. Like, I, I'm I'm such a I'm such a fan. I mean, it's definitely not the best movie in the world, for sure, but- um, I mean, I definitely, you know, like you see like the average IMDb score, you know, it's definitely not a liked movie, which is yeah. fine. Um, it just wasn't the right amount of weird. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, like I, I wanted to know what happened. You know, the story is semi-interesting enough, but it just. Right. It just is lacking something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was Technicolor. So you're saying it should have been Technicolor instead of True Color? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, this one gets a, a 5.3 out of 10 Ooh. Acapulcos for me. It just. Okay. uh didn't it didn't hate it but it just it just didn't it didn't work for me it, you know okay. what you know the kind of i felt like we just had a great weird movie with desert fury like yeah you know i feel like that's the kind of weird that i like this just is like weird with no purpose almost yeah that's fair yeah yeah i mean 
definitely not a favorite of mine, but I, I, I it has a certain little something that I, I like about it. So like, I'm not mad we're here. And yeah, you know, I, I wanted you, I wanted you to at least experience it. I, like, I, I, I can't deny I had a little certain something I liked about it too. And her name was Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I just learning that, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I had higher hopes, I guess. I don't know, but that's all right. That's fair. But let's get into the, the sparse fun facts I was able to pull together for this bad boy, huh? Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot on this movie. We got some working titles. Everyone loves those. Brief I Rapture, do. Battle Shock, which had come up. No Chase, the Acapulco, and of course, just Acapulco. Night, Knights of Acapulco and Acapulco. Hey, speaking of Acapulco, Dan, portions mm-hmm. of this movie were filmed there, but the crew, of course, was forced to switch locations because the earthquake had heavily damaged the, the Colonia Progresio area of Acapulco. And other than that, some crew members and their families were used as extras in the film. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Probably drinking and hanging out at that little cottage hotel. Yeah. Uh, but Republic had selected Paul Heinrich to direct. Uh, he's a well-known actor. Of course, we know him uh, as Victor Laszlo, Casablanca. Yes. Still killing it in that. And he, beyond acting, had moved to producing. He'd done the seminal Hollow Triumph from 1956. Mm-hmm. Love that uh, one. After that, he had mostly directed television, though in 1952, he directed his debut film, which is a noir titled For Men Only, which is about a hazing at a college campus. <laughs> Interesting. That, that sounds like a wacky one. I have uh, heard of that one. Yes, it does seem very, very odd. You know, that sounds like a year seven for us. Yeah, we'll get to it. But who <laughs> at knows? some point I'd like to could be a hell of a restoration. We'll see. But Republic was keen on bringing in stars Ralph Meeker and Janice Rule due to their success in the play Picnic, which was also adapted into a film from Columbia Pictures, which starred William Holden and Kim Novak. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the promotional posters for this movie, they even mimicked the design of the Picnic poster to capitalize on everyone's favorite Picnic. Uh, yeah, you got to cash in. The play was a critical and commercial success. It ran for 477 performances and Meeker was even awarded the New York Critics Circle Award in 1954. So it was quite a big deal. He was actually up for the lead role, but he turned it down because he did not want to sign a long-term contract with Columbia. And after that, he just unfortunately was never offered anything like that again. He probably should have taken the deal. I also wonder why they didn't take a, a woman's devotion on the road on, uh, on, and on Broadway yeah right (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this probably could have worked in a a play format and you know maybe how it originally was set up it could have been heinried had clashed with the studio over their many decisions including the rejection of his choice of composer franz waxman who had done sunset boulevard and rear window so Mm -hmm. probably would have been good but too expensive um and also he didn't like their final cut He, he felt that the final product was ruined by the studio saying quote it was a decent film not a great film by any means. I agree with them. Uh, yeah. Apparently, they didn't understand the film at all, and they cut essential parts. So that could be exactly what this film is, is missing, was those essential parts. Yeah, I kind of want to know what that is. Unfortunately, the scholars just didn't really tackle this one and really delved into it. But uh, he would direct more film noir, including Girls on the Loose in 1958, the cult classic Live Fast, Die Young from 1958, which is a good time. Also, the horror film Dead Ringer with Betty Davis in 1964. Mm-hmm. So he's around. Uh, that's all I got, Dan. You got anything else to add to this? Um, no, I mean, I, I want to make a mention of, I, I, I want to say it's Janice, but um, now that I'm thinking about it, like, is it Janice? I, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's in a movie called Missing, um, which I love. It's Costa Gavras, uh, a political thriller about the um, 
the coup in Chile in, uh, in the early seventies. Uh, and it's a great movie. It's based on a book. Uh, I've read the book. I have the book. It's great. Um, it's about a real account about the, uh, basically the, the, uh, U S involvement clandestinely in, in the coup, uh, that takes place there. And the movie is pretty like intense. Um, what is it called ge- again? It's called missing. Missing. Um, right. Criterion, Criterion released it on DVD years ago. I have that version of it. So that that you can get pretty readily. I would love them to do a, a, a Blu-ray. I, I'm a huge Costa Gavras fan. He's great. He does a lot of political thrillers and they're all excellent. Um, I can definitely recommend uh, checking stuff out, especially Criterion's released a bunch of them. Um, but Missing is great. I, I I watch it at least once a year. Um, it's just, nice. it's really, really, really good. Um, Jack, do. J- Jack Lemon and uh, Sissy Spacek are in are in that movie. Oh, okay, I think I'm, I think I've heard of this one. Then no, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, she's in. She she plays a reporter in it. It's like actually one of her last roles, I think, uh, that she ever played. Actually, it is the her third to last. Okay, uh, so I was, I was down. close. Yeah, um, but yeah, want to give her a quick shout out. We should have said this last year because we seem to have lost our powers that we had of making things appear on Blu-ray this year. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It's a, it's been a bit of a bummer. I wish we could conjure up some, some more goodies. Uh, I feel know. like we got so many goodies last year though. I understand that it might be a little, yeah, we, we kind of used them up. We kind of used them all up. Perhaps we can get a Blu-ray of something we'll get into in a minute, but uh, next week, Dan, our, our final film and mm-hmm. our tech noir color may it's hell on Frisco Bay. Gotta yes. Take that rhyme. 1956. Oh yes. Going so, out in style. Yes. Rollins, you better add yourself up. You're an ex-cop and an ex-convict. You got no civil rights, nothing. If you spit on the sidewalk, we'll throw you back in the can. You're a big zero and you're still making with a mouth. Yes, he came back bearing the brand of a numbered man. After five years of paying for a crime he didn't commit. Now he was going to collect on a search that traced a trail from San Francisco's wharf-lined waterfront to her plush-lined night spots. While those who loved him were pushed further away by the hatred that brought him closer to those he hunted. Now, let me tell you a little secret. You're just a big mouth, a lousy big mouth slob. Now, I'm telling you to keep out of my way. You put your nose in my business and I'll break it off for you. You know, Vic, I want to kill you so bad I could taste it. You'll die for this, Rollins. Going away doesn't mean that I've stopped loving you. Even though I've tried, I can't do that. Why do you want to leave? Because there's nothing here for me anymore. I don't want to spend the rest of my life on my knees. I don't even want to be forgiven. Only needed. All of a sudden, you turn out what you are. A broken down has-been broad. You and Joe fit good together. You both got wheels in your head. Get out of here, you filthy peasant. I'm out of Pull it, Ronald! Let it go. It's me you want. Steve, he'll kill you. You're a good Rollins. You'd like to kill him, but you haven't got the guts. Don't, please. Now, don't come any closer, or so help me, I'm holding a widow. Let her go. You know me in San Francisco. Ooh, looking forward to it. Uh, and you know yeah. me in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and and and being in the bay oh boy talk talk about hell the bay indeed yes all right well uh that's gonna wrap it up for this lightning quick episode but i think we all knew that going in it couldn't be helped 88 minutes what are you gonna do but if if you guys want to stick around for a treat we got something for you but if you don't we're gonna toast you off noiro who's not interested in bonuses and say (laughs) here's the crime in color huh here's a crime in color Reading. Ding ding bonus episode, Dan. Uh oh, you gotta have, you have to press the, the yeah the siren the bonus siren. <laughs> Welcome back to the show you never even tuned out of. I feel like I never left. That's true. I mean, we're the ultimate noiros, right, Dan? Yes, that, that's the fan base I'm looking for. This is something we mentioned in the past. This is something that Dan had, had discovered on his many journeys through the HBO Max Wonderland and that I checked out and, and was equally taken with. And we would d- definitely would have gotten to this in some way anyways, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately we just lost Fred Ward this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, we just wanted to give him a, a little special highlight just because he's a fantastic character actor that we always enjoyed. And, and this was one time he really got to headline and, you know, show the goods and we're talking, we'll, we'll just get right into it. We're talking about uh cast a deadly spell. Yeah. And, Real quick about Fred Ward. It's the one thing I really appreciate about him is that he doesn't look like a comedic guy at all. Like, right. but, but but he is. But he, he can play it serious, but he can play it comedic. And I, I just love that versatility because when you look at him, you're like, this guy looks so serious yeah, all the time. He's in so many comedies. I mean, you know, I always think of, of course, Naked Gun 33 and a third. Joe Dirt. One of, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> small role, but but a fantastic role. Absolutely, yeah, just just a staple. And then of course, you know, like your tremors, road trip, road road trip. Yeah, that was <laughs> a road trip. I don't know if I want to give a shout out to road trip, but he's in it. Yes, he was. He was good. It was like the the mafia dad or whatever. Yeah, he was the dad of um, what's that guy? Uh, what's his name? He had like that brief. DJ Qualls, right? DJ Qualls. He played yeah. his dad, his dad in the movie. Yeah. DJ Qualls. Doo, 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 I would say he had a very specific time in, from like 2000 to like 2003 where he was in a lot of movies. Yeah. I think he's just like doing like CSI now or something like that. Probably. Is he? I, I mean, I, feel, I don't know for sure, but I feel like he's on some show. I feel like that happens to a lot of actors too. Yeah. When in doubt. Yeah. Well, I noticed it recently, like Chris O'Donnell. LL Cool J, like Wilmer Valderrama. They're just trying to get that generation on like to watch yeah. CBS. Like it's pretty yeah. fascinating. Ice tea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're talking cast a deadly spell released September 7th, 1991 from HBO. HBO pictures. This is uh, such a weird one that it shouldn't work, but somehow does uh, uh, directed by Martin Campbell. This is the director of golden eye. Casino yes. Royale and the Zorro films from the nineties. And then produced by Gail Ann Hurd, who is a mega producer, of course, from the Aliens and Terminator franchises. Mm-hmm. And then uh, written by Joseph Doherty, who is uh, nobody, I found out. Just wrote a lot of TV, just some pretty little liars. <laughs> yeah, a lot um, of TV, TV shows. 
And I think, like, it, honestly, like, the weakest thing about the movie, like, kind of is his script, but I think it's just shot and acted so well, you know, because it's just, like, very, like, this is, like, what I think film noir is, and, like, it's always just that by the books, like, private detective, but just because of the story and just, like, the special effects especially should get a special shout out because, like, this is, like, a TV movie, but, like... Right. The I set design, like, the, yeah, the effects, like, yeah, like, like just the just atmosphere. Like, like you get, you get, you're in this world. Like you're yeah. in this world. Like there's, there's a lot to it in a way. But you're just like, it, it dumps you in there, and you're like, wow, I want to be here. I think what's cool about it is like you could just tell like it's just a scrappy little film that they only probably had so much of a budget, yeah. and it took 37 days to film it. So it's just like get this thing done quick. They probably couldn't find a distributor until HBO came along. The budget was six million. There you go. That, I mean, that's still pretty good for the time, but there's just like trying to figure out what to do with it. But then the thing is, too, it took more than 10 years to actually get made. So mm-hmm. it's just like a very confident story, like and everyone just kind of knew how to make it work with the limitations that they had. So I'm sure like you wouldn't necessarily when you're trying to sell this movie, you're like, all right, I'm going to have it star Fred Ward. But it's like better because of it. You know, like it's like, yeah, that, thank God you had to have Fred Ward. And then also you get Julianne Moore. The, the Maria of this movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Julianne Moore, just looking amazing. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, you get if, if you're a fan of uh, DC Comics animated series from the 90s, you get Lex Luthor and Rachel Ghoul in the same movie, folks. Yeah, I, I'm talking the, the reason for any movie whatsoever to be watched. Clancy Brown. I mean, yes. We could do a Clancy Brown podcast in a heartbeat. I love that <laughs> motherfucker. Like he elevates anything that he's in, and he is fantastic in this. He's he's great in this. He's so good. But a lot yeah, of great character actors, like in this. Like I think it's just like the, it is the sum of its parts. It's definitely one of those kind of movies. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I you know I don't want to really do like a, a traditional episode on this one. Also, there was not much of a synopsis online anywhere, so it was tough to do. But you know, it's just you gotta. <laughs> You got a uh, Harry Philip Lovecraft or HP Lovecraft, wink, wink. Yeah. Who's a private detective. It opens with, you know, saying that everybody, use, it's 1948. 48. Everybody uses magic. And you're like, like oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> okay. But then we find out not everybody, um, this private detective you know, based on principle just doesn't use it, but everyone else is. And they're, you know, using it to just get ahead in life, be lazy, you know? enslaving yeah, people right it's 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 like it could be the smallest thing it could be the the biggest thing and, absolutely and i love the way they don't beat you over the head with it but it, it's like it's there and and it comes up yeah and it, and it feels like it feels like Cops it does are lighting cigarettes with their hands you know right. like little things like that it's you know it's very subtle over the very ending, obviously, but you know, there's, there's, there's like that. There, well, it like, starts to ramp up because then you're right. seeing like weird zombie, like henchmen, and then like gargoyle things, right? Uh, and the who, gremlins, yep, which are, which are great, yep. And if you hope that one of them gets kicked in the nuts, Dan, I have good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, it's such a wacky movie. And you know what? I, I didn't, re- I didn't realize until I, I saw the credits is the, the, the guy that plays. He basically plays two characters. He plays uh, Larry Willis and Lily Sirwar is Lee Turgeson from uh, Wayne's World and Point Break. Yes. He's Terry in in, uh, in Wayne's World. Yes. Which is, which is great. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because, it, it, I mean, it does play throughout the movie like a like like a film noir. Like it's, you know, he's a private detective. He's he's on, on, a, on a case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the idea of it does take, obviously, 
the whole Lovecraftian where it's like, you know, it's like this world where there's this magic that exists and like the characters are kind of like that. But I like the idea of he's like the only guy that that is just like not partaking in magic. And it's like this ethics to him. And that that plays a role in the movie throughout it. But it's almost like I think of like the movie later on, like Action Jackson, which is a very different movie. But he doesn't have a gun in that movie. So you feel like he's almost at a disadvantage because he took away his gun thing, but he has to get get by with his wits and, and his way about him. And it's the same thing for, for Fred Ward's character in this case. It's like, you know, he does it not necessarily at, to disadvantage himself. It does it for like ethics, but he also does it like, he almost feels like he doesn't need it either. Like he kind of just like, I'm going to go the way that I want to go about solving this these cases that I'm on. And, and it, you're kind of bringing this new spin on it where it's like, it's not just, he says like, it, think about even like Maltese Falcon, like he doesn't use a gun in that thing, you know, a stereotypical film noir. He's like, yeah, I don't use a gun. Um, I can just buy my wits. It's a very bogey kind of thing where he's just like, yeah, I don't need a gun in this I, I, or I don't need magic in this case. Um, so I, I like that spin on it. It's, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. Um, so yeah, like he just, he gets hired to find someone. And then also you have the the Necronomicon. <laughs> the book. <laughs> with these spells. Uh, which also must be recovered. And so, you know, there's uh, there's just the hijinks that ensue with that. And the, the characters you meet along the way and, and the double crosses. And... Right. There's some comedy mixed in, which is interesting. Plenty like, of comedy. It, yeah, yeah. It's just like a, a mix of like everything, but it it works. Like it, it just, it because it, 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 it it's such a, a melting pot of just different ideas and you think like oh this is probably a recipe for disaster but it's it it, it just sucks you in and it's just so enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. like because it, it's got so many different genres I, I like all kinds of different genres and it like puts them all together and you're like oh this is great it's got a little bit of everything in it and then the characters are all great yeah and what i mean one good thing about fred ward's death i was happy to see a lot of people were talking about this movie like it wasn't just us so I was glad to see uh, that this is a, a well-known secret gem out there. And, you know, hopefully we could bring a little bit of light, you know, could use some company should try to release it, but it is easily available. And there is also a sequel that is not easily available whatsoever, but I'm it's endlessly- on YouTube. I just found it. I didn't watch it, but I saw it's on YouTube. I'm waiting for a good quality one yes. to do this, but um, sure. it's weird that that's not on HBO max either. Cause it's from them again. It's called witch hunt. It's directed by Paul Schrader. Yes. Which is crazy enough right there. And then instead of Fred Ward, you have Dennis Hopper. And you also get Penelope Ann Miller and Eric Bogosian. Yeah. I mean, that's that, <laughs> that's a wild cast. Um, yeah. And so, like, it has some of the same characters, but with different actors. And then, like, little things are changed. Like, in that one, he doesn't use magic, not on principle, but based off of, like, something that happened to him. So, but it has the same writer as well. I saw that one. Yes. Joseph Doherty keeps mm-hmm. the universe going. And uh, Angelo Badalamente does the score for that that one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems like so- they really were psyched and tried on that one and then wanted to bury it instantly. I don't know. It's just like, I, I'm surprised just the Paul Schrader movie isn't easily out there. Right. Yeah. I wonder if it's a rights thing or a, a music, you know, music thing. I mean, I will say the music is quietly really awesome in in Cast of Deadly Spell. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, like the torch song, like the, you know, like what Julianne Moore sings and like mm-hmm. and some of that stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's just really just the atmosphere is great. And it also made me think of like growing up, I would have loved. I don't remember this movie growing up. Like I remember some other HBO movies that they made at the time. But I wish, I wish that I saw this when I was a kid because I would have loved this. I know for a fact I would have loved this when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, it's weird that 
it just has seemed to go. I'm, I, I'm glad it's up. It's, it's a great print that they have up. Like, you know, you could easily just pop that out on a Blu-ray. No, no prob. But um, right. yeah, it, it's just weird that it has been so buried and, you know, just kind of had to be unearthed. Yeah. Well, and there's also, I mean, things that I think of the time of that era in the early nineties where HBO like was making these kind of movies, these weird, like cult movies. I mean, I think about, uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, which I, I still love that. that I'd love. Yeah. But that was theatrically case. released though. Was it? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I remember watching on HBO because I knew it was an HBO picture. Yeah, well, that was um, the thing. They'd have stuff they put on theaters, but then they're like, oh, yeah, when it comes to, like, airing it, we're going to air the shit out of it and try to get our money back. Right. Especially with and that they, one, which was not a success. <laughs> right. And then, and also, um, Mom and Dad's Save the Universe. Also theatrically released. Was that theatrically released? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. They should have theatrically released this one is really what it comes down to. I don't yeah. know why this was just a TV event. Like if this would easily, even if you just saw the VHS out there, you know, much like yeah. you did with those two aforementioned movies, like yes. it would have been great. But those one I actually remember watching on HBO. That's, yeah. I think that's what it is. It's, it's, that's... Maybe this was on a little too late for you, Dan, you know? Could be. 91, yeah. go to bed. What are you doing up watching HBO? I mean, I watched a lot of crazy stuff back then, but yeah, I probably wasn't staying up that late to, to watch these. So yeah, probably not. But like, like I said, I wish I, I wish I had. I could see this being like a 2 a.m. staple, you know? Yeah, for sure. On a weekend, like a Friday or Saturday night or something, Sunday night. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would also 100%. Every time I watch them, like I wish this was on Blu-ray. I would totally get this on Blu-ray. Maybe that will license it for the people out there. But yes. Or otherwise, HBO, if you're listening. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Do your own work at this point. I mean, you could Warner archive that. They're all a Warner Brothers company now, so. That's true. Even even just like, you know, made on demand at this yeah. point. Like, come on. I don't know. Maybe this, the sadness, uh, uh, the tragedy of, of Fred Ward's death could be what brings this on. Yeah. Nickel and dime. Nickel and dime. You're taking us to the beach for a weenie roast? You're a funny guy, Phil. I'll bet your dying words are going to be a scream. <laughs> hey, take a look at this. She's a beauty, isn't she? See these clasping things? Those are solid gold. Gonna melt them down for cufflinks? I'm gonna be able to melt down Fort Knox if I want to. Sounds great. Well, you don't believe me? Maybe you don't know what this thing is. I've got an idea. How close are we to Vista Bonita? Yeah. You're always good at jigsaw puzzles. They're lousy at living, but great with games. That's what it has to happen. Hackshaw's special midnight conference. What a smart guy my old partner. Yeah, your land, his book, huh? Don't forget the girl. Oh, wrong tomato, partner. <clears throat> right, Olivia. The last of the unicorn hunters. But check that one out. Yeah, it's a fun one. Definitely it's, a fun a fun ride. It's a lot of fun if you like, you know, film noir, if you like 90s movies, if you sci-fi, like sci-fi. Sci-fi, I mean, special effects, they really do go for it. Especially Great practical. Movie. Great at the end nice. you know it's 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 gross uh hilarious ending you know just the, yes the, just the twist like you son of a bitch you saved the world i also really like the scene the the in, in the diner when they cast the runes on to fred ward and like they're like passing around like hot potato and then finally like the that like monster comes out of like the, the boiling uh like pot on the stove uh-huh. like that whole sequence is just great uh i just i just really like that uh so i want to give a shout out to that scene but yeah it's just a really fun ride and they 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 play the the um the 40s thing nicely like it doesn't feel like again same deal where it doesn't feel like it's over the head it just feels right it feels right like there's a nice they, little robert mitchum shout out in the newspaper yes so you know they definitely if they're a fan they know what they're doing good, 
good nods in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, not in like necessary tone, but just as far as like atmosphere, like uh, like the homage, I would say of almost like a uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, you know, like it's yes. like mm-hmm. where it's like, obviously we're not in the 40s, but like they're getting the vibe right. Sure. It's the prototypical private detective. But what else you got? What else is going to happen? Let's find out. Maybe it's a cartoon. Maybe it's Cthulhu or whatever the fuck you say. You know, I don't know. Cthulhu, yeah. Cthulhu, yeah. I was an HP Lovecraft fan, but I like stuff that comes out from it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bad guy, Dan. Don't look him up. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. A lot of racism in those uh, books. Oh, really? Yeah. But I was reading recently, like they were like, like the actual like family or like the foundation was like trying to make it work, come to a reckoning with that. And hmm having some context for it i don't know still no no good no good yeah but sometimes i guess the no good influence good so we'll take that i feel like we could probably sum up this movie uh with the the user review that i i, I saw from uh, uh imdb it just the the headline says strange beautiful dot 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 unforgettable yeah I feel like that pretty much sums it up. I think that sums it up perfectly. It's a perfect note to end on. But uh, yeah, check it out on HBO Max. Worth getting the service for. You know somebody with it. They're letting you share passwords. Go for it. You know, if not, it's it's out there in the world. I checked the torrenting sites. It's there. You'll find it. Uh, cast that deadly spell. But in the meantime, uh, here's to... Here's to shorts. Hey. <laughs> short, short, short episodes. Keeping them short. Gotta love them. Ready? 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 <laughs> Ready?